Welcome to California Ballot Breakdown from KPFA, where we take you through the stakes of what's on your ballot, the money behind the campaigns, give everyone enough time to make their best argument, and then try to get them off their talking points. On today's special. 22 is going to ensure the greatest number of drivers can keep their jobs with the greatest number of benefits possible. This bill here is to exploit drivers and to deny them of the basic labor and protections. It is far and away the most expensive ballot initiative in California state history. Proposition 22, paid for by the app-based companies whose workforce it would impact. We'll have a debate between the pro and the con. I'll throw in a postscript about how this would impact the prospects of unionizing app-based drivers. That's all coming up next on California Ballot Breakdown. Hey, just a quick note. Um, This debate happened live on KPFA's airwaves this morning. You're going to hear a couple of sound quality issues. These are mostly a product of the host of the broadcast, the engineer of the broadcast, and the two guests on the broadcast being in completely separate physical spaces because none of us want to pass a deadly disease onto the others. Um, And because we did it live, we we didn't have the ability to troubleshoot everything or or just hit pause till we sorted it out. So apologies for that. None of them are fatal sound quality issues. Wanted you to know why it might sound different from some of the segments we have pre-recorded for this podcast. Let's go. Continuing our series of ballot debates, we're going to tackle the most expensive initiative by far in the history of California, Proposition 22. Here's what it does. Uh, Proposition 22, if it passes, will require that the drivers for app-based services like Uber be classified as independent contractors rather than employees. That means, for instance, no state-mandated sick days, no right to overtime, no unemployment insurance. Uh, It means drivers have to pay extra taxes to Social Security and Medicare, and it cuts drivers off from the laws that currently let them form unions and collectively bargain. Now, Prop 22 also says that if the state legislature wants to pass a new law giving app drivers the ability to be represented by a union, it would require a supermajority of seven-eighths. Here's what Prop 22 would do for drivers in place of the things it takes away. It would require the companies insure their drivers for injuries on the job, kind of like workers' comp. It would require the companies to subsidize health coverage for drivers who log enough hours, kind of like the federal law requires for employees. And it would create a wage floor for drivers, kind of like a minimum wage. The people we have on for these debates are the people the campaigns give us. So we always start by telling you who is paying the record-breaking sum of $188 million so far that has gone into the Yes on Prop 22 campaign comes from the companies whose workforce Prop 22 impacts, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, and Postmates. Uh, That is about 13 times what the no side has raised. No on 22's $15 million all comes from unions. The Teamsters, Service Employees International, and the United Food and Commercial Workers. These are unions that would lose the ability to organize app drivers for collective bargaining if Prop 22 passes. All right, on to our guests. In the affirmative, David Cruz is the president of Council Number 3288 of the League of United Latin American Citizens, or LULAC. Uh, To be clear, 
that is the, the only one of the 37 local LULAC councils in California listed as a Prop 22 supporter. And on the no side, Minister Sherry Murphy, who is herself a Lyft driver and an organizer for Gig Workers Rising. Welcome to both of you. Well, thank you. Uh, hopefully Sherry Murphy's out there. David Cruz, we're going to start with you because you're in the affirmative. Uh, you have two minutes. Make the case for Prop 22. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. You're correct in that my council, 3288, and all councils are autonomous. Our council focuses on economic and business development issues. We are a volunteer-based organization, the oldest and largest Latino civil rights organization in the country. So I'm here, and what drew me to 22, 22. is, uh, or are the workers. That's what drew me to this event and uh, why I support it. Because what I'm interested in is how to keep the most jobs for the greatest number of people with the best benefits possible. And I know that there's going to be a discussion about what are these benefits? And so I appreciate that we'll get the opportunity to talk about that. But keeping the most jobs is paramount. Look, um, Lorena Gonzalez, the author of AB5, told me in my first conversation that what drivers want is the golden ticket. I understand that. And I understand that a few will get a golden ticket. My question to her, one that I would ask any person who's against 22 is, what happens to the rest of the drivers? This is a sector that has really been hit hard by the pandemic. And I realize that in some areas, the impact has been far greater than others. But again, 22 is going to ensure the greatest number of drivers can keep their jobs with the greatest number of benefits possible. And that's why I'm here, to support that. All right, for the no side, we'll go to Minister Sherry Murphy, who is a Lyft driver and an organizer for Gig Workers Rising. Uh, you get two minutes as well. Go ahead. Thank you, Brian. Uh, can you hear me? You sure can. Okay, great. Um, under this uh, proposition, let me just first say this, is that I've been driving for approximately three years and have driven over 12,000 rides. And what I know is that everyone wants to keep a safe job. Everybody wants to be free from discrimination uh, with the opportunity for fair wages um, and collective bargaining. Um, under this ballot measure, um, it will not uh, protect um, black and brown workers and um, a majority of workers who happen to be immigrants. This is a discriminatory ballot measure, uh, which does not explicitly protect immigrant workers. It cuts off protection for workers who experience discrimination that was recently banned in California. For instance, the state prohibits discrimination on the basis of traits historically associated with race, um, such as hairstyles. Um, it makes it harder for workers to bring discrimination claims against these companies. Um, it contains no enforcement mechanism if a driver experiences discrimination um, or is verbally accosted by racist passengers. And as you mentioned in the top, is that um, it weakens workplace safety. 
there's no requirement in Prop 22's language that the companies offer protective personal protective equipment. It offers zero paid sick days off, cuts off unemployment or state disability protections. In addition, what's really important to note is that Proposition 22 effectively cancels local COVID-9 emergency sick leave laws, the ones that we have here in San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, in Los Angeles. Um, and so what I'm asking for um, our voters and your listeners is to vote no. It's really um, important to note that for years, Uber and Lyft have had a history of breaking laws, exploiting their workers and sexually harassing women, more recently attacking critics who happen to be women of color and LGBTQ. And six weeks We're after legislation- So I'm gonna hop in to follow up on that. Okay. I wanna ask you to speak to the, the point that David Cruz made in his opening statement, uh, which is that this is about number of jobs. Uh, you drive for Lyft. Lyft is one of the companies that have threatened to shut down operations in California if the current law stays on the books that would require drivers like you be classified as employees. Um, what's your reaction to that? It's, about, it's not about a number of jobs. It's about Uber and Lyft's um, negligent and deceptive business practices um, and riding on the necks of, of riders. Um, if they wanted, if they were really concerned about um, their drivers, they would have abided by the laws, such as Dynamex decisions back in, in 2018, or more recently, the AB5 law that came into to effect. The bottom line is this, is that they don't want to pay for employee benefits and protections that drivers have earned. They wrote this initiative to circumvent the law that requires them to treat their workers as employees rather than contractors, and they want us to be complicit with it by voting yes. May I comment David on Cruz that? Sure. Uh, take a quick response, then I want to follow up you, with you about some topics, too. Go ahead. Okay. I wouldn't be here if this was going to be detrimental to drivers. Why? You know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not part of the Yes on 22 uh, movement in terms of uh, you know being on a campaign team. Look, I'm here because I've seen and I know drivers who want flexibility. They want freedom. They want the same things that Sherry does. You know, they want to get the best possible benefits from the hours that they put in. And I'd rather have them be able to make as much money as they're capable of making instead of minimum wage. And I know San Francisco is a very concentrated area and maybe drivers there don't get the longer rides. But I want to I just want to wrap with this. When I say to you, number of drivers let me assure you that if 22 fails you will see contracted drivers who will no longer have a job because companies are not going to be able to hire 950,000 workers that's absurd and that's going to impact price availability but it will give those who get the golden ticket it's going to give them a job. What about the rest of the people? And I do care about communities of color. I'm Latino. That's why I'm advocating for us to keep as many jobs as possible. That's what I'm fighting for. David Cruz, I want to um, separate the question of classifying drivers as contractors, which Prop 22 would do, with okay. something separate that's in Prop 22 and doesn't seem to be necessary for that purpose, which is it preempts the ability of the legislature to give drivers the right to form unions and collectively bargain. Um, 
it, it, it technically lets the legislature do that with a seven-eighths majority. Functionally, it blocks them. My, my question to you is, if your principal concern is driver's freedom, uh, right. why not give them the freedom to unionize? Why, why take that I, off the I'm table I'm an independent. For no, listen, I'm a consultant. I'm a business. You, you know, I, I own my own little business, if you will. Right now, because of COVID, I work from home. Now, they don't have that benefit. They're having to go out there each and every day, and their safety is important. They are self-employed individuals, and that model does not permit for them to organize as, as a union. However, here's what I've done, and they can do the same thing. There are associations that can I, I, be I'm formed. sorry, but the question, the question is, why should this proposition block the legislature because they're not employees that's that why they're not employees you're creating something now that when they took the job they knew what the job provided sherry knew what the job provided she knew they weren't going to hire her as a full-time employee she was a contractor people are not being forced to keep a job they're being invited to participate on a platform which they're willingly subscribing to and being a part of so look Sorry, I, I feel it, like we're getting lost in semantics here are you saying it's bad for drivers to have the right to unionize and collectively bargain no i don't think so if you're an employee you ought to have the right to bargain and to and to have a unified i've been a part of a union because they're not employees they're independent contractors that's what it but is they had they to work put a separate clause into the proposition to preempt that right it's totally separate from the part about making them independent contractors why do that well Again, I come back to the premise, are they working for themselves or are they working for a company? And if Prop 22 passes, which is what I'm here to advocate for, they continue to have that independent status. And and I don't expect to be part of a union. I'm part of an association, and those do exist. And we do have a unified voice. Mine is the Latin Business Association. So I do participate in a unified, organized advocacy organization that looks out for my interests. There's another ballot measure here in California that is the result of that kind of effort by our association. But no, they're not employees to organize in the same way that a union would, representing people who work for one company. Sherry Murphy, let's put that question to you. Uh, when you're driving, are you working for yourself or are you working for Lyft? I'm working according to the lawmakers. I'm working for Lyft. Um, and what they, what the lawmakers brilliantly did um, under uh, the Dynamic Secession in 2018 was to adopt three factors to determine the status of a worker known as the ABC test. And regardless of what Lyft and Uber calls me, if I'm under Lyft and Uber's control, I'm an employee. If I'm providing services in the company's usual course of business, I'm an employee. If I'm not regularly holding myself as a small business, I'm an employee. I'm not setting my own rates. I'm not, I don't make my own decisions. I'm told where to go. And so therefore, I'm an employee. I want to focus at the fact that this, this bill here is to exploit drivers and to deny them of the basic labor and protections. And I want to ask David yeah. the large question. Who are the black and brown worker groups who support their own exploitation? And even for consumers, for that matter. Because they're not going to talk about that under Proposition 22, Was that a it question? means that passengers cannot hold Uber and Lyft liable if they're injured or abused or killed while using these services. 
And well, that's why it's um, we'll take a rhetorical question, but if you want to respond, David Cruz, go ahead. Well, I'm certainly not here for the exploitation of anybody, and I'm sure that anyone listening who's a customer of Lyft or Uber, they don't deserve to be called people who are exploiting these drivers either. Uh, I have to tell you that it's the public that created this model. The companies have provided the technology, but guess what? We're providing a vital service to a lot of people. And if you take away nine-tenths of the drivers in California, communities like mine, where I'm not in a major city like you are, Sherry, we're going to lose the service. I don't think that's fair. I need them to deliver medicine to my front door. Why but should I lose wants good, well, Everybody oh, wants jobs, right? You everybody see? wants we'll have good jobs. Time, Go ahead, everybody does want jobs, but not everybody in California gets the golden ticket. And it's not fair to the other drivers to be excluded because you now decide you want to have the golden ticket for you. What about the other drivers, Sherry? The drivers who are going to be displaced, what do you tell them? And what do these unions tell them when they're the ones who deliberately are going to create a situation where they know there's going to be a massive layoff? And by the way if you're working for one company i know drivers who have three platforms on at the same time does that mean they have three companies employing them at the same time david cruz um yeah i, I want to talk about the, the question of yeah. uh, a floor here because the structure yeah. of the argument you're making which is that if labor standards are more relaxed there will be more jobs um, that, that's been deployed in, in support of everything from abolishing the minimum wage uh, to keeping uh, child labor legal in the United States. So why, wow, why do those you are think big. Come on now. You're using no, come an on adequate now. floor for app-based You're drivers. using, you know, I'm disappointed in you. You're the moderator and you're using deliberately inflammatory extremes that just have no place in the conversation. Look, I would never advocate for exploitation of children. I've devoted more than four decades of my life to fighting the injustice against right, people so the, of the color. Question, I, I don't know if you teenagers. heard the end I'm of my come question. Back. The no, question is, what, why do you think the floor established by Prop 22 is adequate? It is because it's 120% of minimum wage. I don't like to think that people are having to work for minimum wage anywhere in this day and time, 2020. Absolutely not, especially in a place like the Bay Area. So the 120% the floor is to me like something I don't even want to think about it. It's on it's over here on the side. I want to think about them making that $25.61 an hour that UC Riverside in its study was able to point out for a driver who's just putting in five hours a week. They're able to average $25.61. The opposition will say, well, that's only when they've got a customer in their car or they're making a delivery. Well, guess what? This is the real world, guys. You get paid when you work and when you're not working, I guess, you know, you don't get paid. So the idea that a lot of drivers do is they've got multiple apps turned on. They finish one ride, they go to the other. Now, if they happen to live in an area where they're simply parked and they're waiting for the next guy, maybe it doesn't happen. But here in L.A., the greater L.A. area where I'm at, these guys, men and women, they stay busy. So that's why the minimum wage is not my concern. It is the 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 there's no ceiling on them. They can continue to make as much money as possible.
Sherry Murphy, I want to uh, reverse the same question and put it to you. Uh, Prop 22 w would extend a lot of things to you as a Lyft driver you haven't had to date in California. Uh, a, a minimum level of pay that you just heard David Cruz describe, a subsidy for health benefits if you drive more than a certain hour, a certain number of hours per week, uh, as well as something kind of like workers' comp, uh, an insurance program for injuries on the job. Um, why, why is that a bad deal for drivers, in your estimation? It's a bad deal, um, Brian, because uh, I will tell you that since, uh, for example, since the COVID-19 pandemic began this March, um, California has paid out more than $40 billion in unemployment insurance claims to workers who have lost their jobs. And because of this crisis, including many gig uh, workers. Um, and if Uber and Lyft had rightfully treated drivers as employees, um, according to a 2020 study conducted by the University of California, these companies would have paid $413 million into the state's unemployment insurance fund um, between 2014 and 2019. And instead, what they did during the middle of a pandemic was shirk their responsibility and allowed law-abiding businesses and taxpayers to foot the bill because Lyft and Uber refused to do it. That's why it's a bad bill. And under this, we would stand to lose $500 a week under this law. This so-called earnings guarantee isn't a guarantee at all. Drivers would be unpaid for 20 minutes out of every hour we work. Uh, and it doesn't include overtime, waiting time between calls or disinfecting. Sorry, I, I, think I, I think I missed a step in your argument. How does that add up to, to losing $500 a week? Because what happens is that um, it only includes what they have defined as engaged time. So they're only going to count the times between, they're only going to count the times when um, drivers have passengers or deliveries. So what that means um, in an eight hour day. Um, it's possible that only four or five of those hours would count towards accrued time for health insurance because they're only considering time when I'm having passengers in the car or I'm out in with a delivery. Under the Dynamex and AB5 law, I would, I would be considered an employee. And because I work for them, every hour counts. Got it. So it's the time that you would be getting paid for after you drop someone off and while you're waiting for your next ride to ping your phone. Absolutely. And with Prop 22, drivers would have okay, to work more than well, 30, let's, let's 39 put this hours. A specific point of contention. So let's put that to David Cruz for a, a response. Um, why, why shouldn't that be paid time for drivers? Why shouldn't that enter into what you described as the uh, minimum wage calculation? Because drivers do other things and they do it for multiple platforms. Let's say, for instance, that you've turned on your Lyft, your Uber, your DoorDash, your Postmates apps, you're going to take any any call from any one of those platforms. You're telling me, now let's just be reasonable. You're telling me that all of these companies are now paying Sherry for being on four apps. And by the way, she may be running an errand down to the drugstore, which is okay because that's part of the flexibility that I as a driver want. But now I want the companies to pay me because my meter is on, so to speak. That's not the way the real world works. And, and, and I know that because I work for myself. If, I don't, if I'm not working producing, 
I don't get paid. I can sit here at yeah, my but, desk. But it's all also day. not how how employment works. Uh, employers all over the state and the country. Then tell maybe you go out. Then you go out and you clock. apply for a job. You fill out a resume. You go out to a job and you say, "I want to work," and the job is eight to five. I'll take it. Here's what happens: if they become employees, they will be assigned a shift. That's a job. They will be told where to work. That's a job. When to work, how to work, who to take from one place to the other. The drivers I know, what they do is they start off maybe in my community. I'm 37 miles outside of L.A. They take the drive into LAX. They'll start picking up rides, and they're busy all day. And when they're busy, they're making three or $400 a day. If they want to come back out here, be along the beach where I live, maybe they're going to make $5 a day. But that's their choice. They decide what they want to do. They don't have a boss breathing down their back telling them when they're going to work and where they're going to work. That's the big difference in expectation. All right, David Cruz, uh, as the affirmative side, we gave you the first word, so we will give Sherry Murphy the last word, uh, you got about 90 seconds left to, to close your case against Prop 22. Thank you. Um, I just want to say that if this proposition passes, as I um, said before, um, it would determine the future of work. It would create a permanent underclass of workers with no remedies, no recourse for generations to come. Um, under Uber and Lyft's current business model, rights for drivers have lost their dignity and respect. Uh, sitting in a car with no protections and no benefits in place. And it's unfortunate that we're talking about a Bella measure in which these corporations have invested and to leave workers with no protections, with no fair wages. And what Lyft and Uber should have done is taken a $200 million ballot measure and a $60 million bonus that they've given them and given it to the workers. What we want is dignity and respect. What we want are fair wages and equity. And that's why it's critical that we vote no on Proposition 22. That's the voice of Sherry Murphy. She is a Lyft driver. She is an organizer for Gig Workers Rising. She is making the case against Proposition 22. On the affirmative side, you heard the voice of David Cruz. He is the president of Council Number 3288 of the League of United Latin American Citizens, or LULAC. Uh, and, and to be clear, uh, that's the only one of the 37 local LULAC councils in California listed as Prop 22 supporters. I want to thank you, uh, both of you, for taking the time to speak to us this morning. Thank you for having thank you. me. Thank you. I'm going to hop in here with a quick postscript. Um, what, what leaped out at me when I was reading the full text of Proposition 22, and which I don't feel like we adequately explored in the debate, is this clause I've mentioned that seems specifically designed to torpedo the prospects of the state authorizing unionization for the purposes of collective bargaining among app drivers. So I will, uh, I'll read you the language. You can look it up in your ballot packet if you want. It's under Article 9, Amendment, at the beginning of this article. Uh, it says any amendment to, to the terms of Prop 22 requires seven-eighths. So seven-eighths in the state legislature, to give you an idea, uh, that means any six state senators out of the 40 state senators in the chamber would basically have a veto over any changes. Then in uh, subsection four, 
It says, quote, any statute that authorizes any entity or organization to represent the interests of apt-based drivers in connection with drivers' contractual relationships with network companies or drivers' compensation, benefits, or working conditions constitutes an amendment of this chapter. That means it would trigger the 7 eighths requirement. Um, compensation, benefits, or working conditions. These are the three things that under U.S. labor law, the National Labor Relations Act, unions have a right to collectively bargain over. Uh, the clause doesn't say unions. It clearly means unions. And, and here's why that's significant. Basically, federal labor law uh, in this country, which sets up the legal framework for uh, union elections and then collective bargaining of contracts, it, it exempts big categories of workers. Right? It, it doesn't cover employees of state governments or local governments. It doesn't cover farm workers. It doesn't cover domestic workers. But then the states fill in with their own labor laws. So like California, we have our own law uh, that covers unionization for farm workers. We have uh, another law that sets up a, a public bargaining framework for public employees. Uh, we recently passed a, another law that makes it possible for graduate students at public universities to form unions and collectively bargain contracts, right? So, so what this part of Proposition 22 is saying is California legislature, if you wanna do the same thing for app-based drivers, if you want to give them a legally sanctioned process for forming a union, and then collectively bargaining over wages and working conditions, you have to get seven-eighths of both chambers of the legislature to agree to it. And the reason I raise this um, is because th th this is in no way integral to the rest of Proposition 22. Right. Uh, you could imagine a Proposition 22, uh, which set up the, the same kind of benefit structure and minimum wage structure and quasi workers compensation structure, which classified drivers uh, as independent contractors and stayed completely silent on the question of unionization. So, um, you know, that's why I asked the guest who was defending Proposition 22 why that was an important clause. Um, his answer just seemed to be, they can't unionize because they can't unionize, um, which doesn't answer the actual question posed by this part of Prop 22, which is, why shouldn't they be able to unionize? In any case, that interaction might have been confusing. Uh, I, I, I've walked you through what was going through my head while we had it. Um, and uh, if you want to follow up, you can check it out in your ballot. Well, that does it for today's California ballot breakdown. You can find all of our candidate interviews and ballot proposition debates if you subscribe to the show as a podcast. We're in most of the podcast directories, or you can go to kpfa.org and just look for California ballot breakdown. A big thanks to Corinne Smith, who produced this segment. Kirsten Thomas was the engineer for the live portions of this podcast. My name is Brian Edwards-Teeker. Remember, in California, your vote counts even more down the ballot.